0: Yakima Chief Hops is a 100% grower-owned hop supplier with a mission to connect brewers worldwide with the family farms that grow their hops. YCH is proud to provide brewers in Australia and New Zealand with quality hop products and brewing solutions to elevate their beers. Learn more at yakimachief.com.
1: So this direct-to-consumer space is a channel that seems to be here to stay and seems to be becoming more competitive.
0: And welcome to Brews News Week, your complete wrap-up of the Australian brewing industry news for this week. If you want to know what matters in the world of brewing and none of the things that don't, this is where you'll find it. As always, I'm joined by senior journalist and ace reporter, Claire Burnett. Welcome, Claire.
2: <laughs> hey, Matt.
0: And Sabrina Kunz, who still does not have a I really role. feel
1: like I need a good title now. We do. Be- <laughs> we put a lot of pressure on uh, you. speaker. <laughs>
0: Special guest.
1: Well special guest star. Permanent guest star. <laughs> I feel like you should just intro with like just don't leave a blank there. Just go and Sabrina couldn't. Okay. Yeah.
2: Like you're a well, I was gonna say it should just be Sabrina and then you can be like share, just a one namer. You don't just, need just, you don't need your last name. You're that famous. At least he's learnt to, at least he pronounces my last name
1: correctly. Anyway. Ah,
0: Does that mean go. that I didn't? Or? No no
1: no, lots of people don't. Let's not move let's not get into that. Well <laughs> as you've just
0: heard we didn't pronounce a Neumaker, which I, Italy, I took from you. Uh, oh yeah, we that were, was
1: my mistake. I was like, oh, it's German. It's will definitely be Neumaker. But as
0: I said, a new maker. So yes, but uh, we've cleared <laughs> that up in the intro. Um, but anyway, all the news you need, starting with Claire. COVID bites, but retailers maintain performance.
2: Indeed, so we are in the half-year results for ASX-listed companies and Endeavor Group, so that's BWS and Dan Murphy's, as well as their hotels business that was divested from Woolworths last year, as well as Coles Liquor, um, have reported strong sales, um, but really have highlighted the ongoing impacts of COVID. Uh, so for Endeavor, which has that sort of twofold business um, earnings before interest in its retail business grew 10% to 461 million, but hotels declined 0.8% uh, to 121 million. Um, so, a major area of growth has been online sales, which have increased uh, nearly 25% to 603 million. Uh so they're doing well but this is definitely a slowdown on the growth that they experienced over covid uh, meanwhile coles group uh, revenue sales for liquor increased by 2.7 percent uh to just under two billion dollars which was driven by strong e-commerce sales growth um and earnings before interest for coles uh decreased by 4.8 percent to 99 million uh it's been investing in customer service and obviously it's e-commerce platforms uh so that's a little bit why that happened um but we've also had some results this week from um, some businesses last year that were crowdfunded. Uh, so, retailer Beer Cartel and gluten-free brand O'Brien uh, have released their financial statements following successful crowdfunds last year, according to Beer Cartel's annual report, um, which it didn't actually have to publish uh this was for the year prior to its crowdfund. Um, beer cartel saw revenue growth of 34% uh, to 5 million during the year and profit after income tax reached 242,000 just over. So experienced really good growth uh, in most parts of the business. Um, for m- Meanwhile for O'Brien a little bit of a trickier year. So it obviously raised uh, just under seven hundred thousand for its crowdfunding campaign in the second half of last year, um, but it reported to investors that in twenty twenty one total income rose to two point two million, slightly under projected forecasts, which were two point three million. Uh, but also, it's really made some losses in other areas of the business. Uh, It didn't necessarily make as much as it intended in keg sales for instance and the beer company reported net losses after tax of um, 640,000.5 ish. Uh, So it initially predicted that losses would reach 402. So definitely a little bit um, worse off than they'd expected uh, but A lot of it was down to um, cost of sales, according to O'Brien. And it also highlighted, which was an interesting point on this one, that the release of Hahn Ultra Crisp into the gluten-free beer market in February 2019. Um, After that, it had seen a significant drop in revenue in 2020, um, but it had managed to recover some of this lost revenue in 2021. Uh, So they're optimistic for the future, which is great.
0: And we will no doubt be discussing this in Below the Fold, but I will also say, just as you've been reading that, the Mighty Craft results have been released, Mm -hmm. so they weren't covered yet. But uh, if you aren't listening to this, uh, jump online, because Claire will be all over those. (laughs) Um, Now, stepping away from results... Navigating the challenges of recipe changes.
2: Yes, this was from one from our uh, other journalist, Vivian Topalovic. Uh, so thanks for that, Vivian. Uh, recently, Helios Brewing has tweaked the recipe of one of its flagship beers. Uh, head brewer Charlie Hodgson uh, explained that the new changes to the brewery's Cyclops IPA and the ingredients had stayed the same and the, but the balance had been tweaked uh, with a three-way hot blend of Kashmir, Amarillo and Simcoe. Interesting in a wider context. So we've obviously seen in previous years uh, VB change their recipe to um, poor response uh, and a few others, Asahi very recently changed it as well. So we had a discussion about the, how to navigate that from a reputational standpoint. Uh, why do you do it? How do you do it? And how do you do it well? Uh, So go read that. Have a look. Um, It's a really good piece from Vivian there. Uh,
0: Back to business. Aluminium price rises impact Aurora.
2: They do indeed. So Aurora, obviously one of Australia's major packaging suppliers, has reported growth in revenues and profits uh, in their latest half-year results. Um, But um, aluminium prices are impacting its Australasian business. So the company returned revenues of $2 billion for the half year uh, to the end of December. Um, net profits after tax and before significant items for the whole company rose 12.9% to uh, $102.7 million. However, earnings in its Australian business decreased uh, to $84 million, just ever so slightly from... 86 million, which is an interesting one. It talked about how um, aluminium price rises, um, supply chain issues, had they would passed those prices on to customers, and that's what have impacted its bottom line in the end. Uh, so, one to watch on Aurora, and definitely something that's really important to the wider industry how they're doing. We've also, and last one on the list, uh, which was a nice one from Bent Spoken Capital, they have secured a deal with. GIO Stadium in Canberra, Uh, the two local breweries will serve beer on tap and in cans at the newly named The Local at the southern end of the stadium, as well as the local bar on the west concourse of the Malmeninga stand. Uh, So another big deal for them, uh, they signed on to the Manuka Oval last year as well, Uh, just a great one, they've teamed up together to ensure that this deal goes through, potentially not as big as they might have wanted to start with, uh, but it's a good step in the right direction.
0: And that is the news that you need to know what you need to know, for want of a better <laughs> word. Um, thank you very much for that, Claire. Thank now, you. after the news, we go below the fold. Anything that anyone wanted to discuss about that? I'm. Was fascinated with so much debate going on or discussion or promotion going on at the moment, you know, with the, as we've talked about in the past, brewers lobbying for excise changes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a result of hotels suffering. It's ironic that you see how well in there... Um, Even the hotel presenters, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Coles and Woolies are massive hotel owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, through their various endeavour, mm-hmm. um, group. You know, on one hand they're spruiking, and beer consumption hasn't been down by much, if at all. And we'll we'll let Fair and the alcohol producers debate about whether <laughs> we've been binge drinking during COVID or what. Mm-hmm. But certainly, depending on what your interest is, they the the big brewers mm-hmm. want to. Use the hotels as yep. a as a reason for the government like, to oh, give the extra. So they're doing things.
2: terribly, well, and then they have to show, show to their investors. They have to show the shiny face of it, which is actually we're doing quite well. But
1: it says <laughs> hotels declined by 08 percent. Mm-hmm. So factually, hotel sales were down.
0: H- hotel but sales were down. O- it
1: doesn't but offset when the, the business increase. I, I agree. Yeah. Yep. At a whole, at like yep. you roll it up for mm-hmm. those businesses. Um, but that component of the business is down. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. but they're using that, you know, they're selectively quoting. Of course, the hotel and not saying if that well, was
1: my business is exactly what I would be doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's fine. But
2: <laughs> also Crimea River on that one, yeah, we well, make you quite a, a lot. Thank funny. you, thank
0: you, <laughs> you know, Crimea River. But you know, like it, <laughs> if, if you're going to use that to make changes to excise or things that benefit business in a meaningful way, actually do it in a way that benefits businesses. So if, you know, not hotel groups that are worth a billion dollars and listed on the stock stock exchange, do it for small independent brewers or, you know, yeah, actually it's, small... it's
1: unfortunate that the excise benefit wasn't capped to some level of production that would have allowed some the benefits... Some level of income, all of... Something yeah. that would have allowed it to flow. It, it, it's, But um, if I was government, I would make the argument, um, and, and this is... This happens everywhere. no gatekeeping for those sorts of things. There's no admin burden on government And so that's why yep. these things get done the way they get done. But um, it, it's when, when they're done
0: that way, that's also why you know, we, we do see um, you know, accretion uh, or you know consolidation of the brewing industry because the maximum benefit of government largesse that comes from roads, schools, hospitals, yep. uh, you know, all the things that benefit all of us, goes to the biggest, most, you know, uh, lucrative business businesses anyway, which robs the consumer of choice the more consolidation the industry is. Now, and a control- big business isn't bad, but we need to decide where government largesse is going to go.
1: So I took something completely different away from this article, which was the major area of growth of online sales has increased by almost 25% mm-hmm. of online sales. And... We've seen that across the board, that this e-commerce growth, so I think you reported on Beer Cartel, Claire, yep. Yep. and they also saw growth. Yep, um, 34% to $5 million. Generally. And um, your interview uh, with Kaiju just talked about the same, that they were sort of able to weather the storm because mm-hmm. they were already in packaging, they were already producing. Yep. You're seeing some of the larger breweries, I know that um, Stone and Woods – sort of role description for that is now called direct-to-consumer. So this direct-to-consumer space is a channel that seems to be here to stay and seems to be becoming more competitive. And so what I took away from this report is that actually those, those channels that are less able to be monopolised. So, for example, yes, you might go to Dan Murphy's because you want to buy a bunch of things. But if you're buying online, it's actually just as easy to buy online from five of your favourite breweries as mm-hmm. it is to buy online from Dan. Like the, the The barrier to entry to buying online from those breweries is really low. And so I actually thought what this is telling us or, or what I took away from it is that there is actually a big opportunity for small breweries to compete in the direct-to-consumer space where they have been, where they've built that community mm-hmm. um, and actually maybe that is going to continue to um, undermine some of this hotel stuff, some of that other space and so that's why it's becoming increasingly interesting.
0: Mm. And that's where um, you know we, we've looked at the posse pack from Bridge Road, you know, Bridge Road, another area where they were pioneers in a lot of ways with marketing directly to consumers um, and having regular beers. And it's, you know, they, they were one of the early ones to do the... Um, subscription service. Subscription service and also the the, the Christmas pack. the um,
1: yeah, yeah, I love that. 24 cans, 24 beers yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, the advent
0: calendar, which now... It's huge business for all of the uh, for for all of them, but they were one of the ones that were very quick to build that online engagement because Mm -hmm. you're getting around the traditional business models that you know contracts and bottle shops and things like that. And it is growth, but it it also shows how broad the market is that there isn't any one consumer that will just you know. There are days that we all. As somebody who supports small business, I still buy an Amazon farm more than I would like to. You know, if, if there's the one thing that you need and you know you can just sort of get mm. it, yep. you've got your prime, rather than drive to get a tap from the little tap maker, and this is a problem that I've just had, you <laughs> can just jump on and order it from Amazon, see the next day, saves you, you know, two hours on a Saturday.
1: So, you know, this is just a complete aside. This is not the news, but we're below the fold, so I feel okay with it. <laughs> I don't buy anything online. I do not shop online. I do not purchase. Why is that? I don't often these days, actually. I don't like it. I don't like it. And maybe one of the only things that I would buy online is boots because <laughs> I know what Alcohol, I'm getting. thank you very much. We
2: that that minimizes
0: and is that cheapens right, it.
1: Right? <laughs> You'll learn.
2: It's Sabrina's rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> um,
1: I don't, I don't like to, I won't purchase anything. I would rather spend three hours going to Bunnings or wait four weeks for whatever the problem is than buy online. And I just, it's just, it's, and I'm demographically absolutely right in the demographic of people that are key online shoppers. Mm -hmm. And I seem to be like against the trend and I don't, I can't understand why that's so, but. That's just the case. Anyway, that's just a complete aside. Yeah, bit, bit. I, I would I would go wait for two hours to buy the tap. I would not buy. That's it That's part
0: of yeah. the rich tapestry of consumerism. We all well, have our own motivations and things yeah. like that. And it's but and, and that's also where businesses have the ability to just go. Well, this is the market. You get to see. You get to carve out the part of the market that you think that you can service depending on how ambitious your, was, your, your business is.
1: What was that really interesting thing that I read the other day, Matt? I was pretty sure I sent it to you. Something about Google is turning off um, cookies in 2023, which is going to mean that for online shopping, and I could be getting this wrong because I'm not a direct-to-consumer website building person, mm-hmm. but that, um, that that means that that um, advertisers, so, for example, if you're a, a local brewery and you want to spend marketing budget targeting mm. uh, a particular audience, because Google is turning off its cookies, you're no longer going to be able to get that granular kind of clicking information that would allow you to target those customers. So um,
2: Is that – Beer Cartel talked about something similar with regards to Apple not sharing tracking information with Facebook. Yeah, so that's just changed. That's, yeah, that's just it's a Facebook, similar sort of thing. Facebook's
0: business model is, um, you know, it's fascinating. I yep. buy music tickets um, online and Facebook delivers, there's a, an app called Fever um, that shows all of the recommendations. I will see their ads 25 times a day yep. without a word of exaggeration. And, you know, they sponsor them. And clearly I've been targeted and I've bought through them before. But there must be a huge amount of wastage that goes from that. Sometimes those sorts of recommendations are brilliant. But when you're getting it 25 times, there's uh-huh. obviously a lot of weight. Like I will see Crafty Pint stories in my news feed 20 times for the same sponsored post. So, you know... Because he sponsors, you know, um, Crafty uh, sponsors their posts, and so I'll see them because I'm highly. Uh, but I would see them anyway. a
2: consumer, but I'm a big consumer, but I would That's, see them anyway. You've liked loads of fa- Facebook pages that are about beer. I just had brewery, yeah. um,
1: a brewery, a a brewery for sale, come up in my newsfeed yep. oh. because I'm follow all the brewing stuff. But so what Apple did was, um, you can now. On your device, and every time you enter something or on your Apple device, say, "I don't want to allow this website to track mm-hmm. me," yeah. Yep. Um, and Facebook is one, and so it's it's removing the ability for Facebook to continue to track your behavior through multiple other apps and multiple mm-hmm. other sites, mm-hmm. which means that its ads aren't as targeted, and mm-hmm. that is what it's built its whole model on. So, mm-hmm. so Google is starting to do something similar, and yeah. that's all related to privacy. Mm-hmm. Bringing it full circle, what that means for these big businesses, the Endeavors and the Coles and things that have invested heavily in direct-to-consumer marketing and targeting through advertisements mm. is that that's going to be not as easy. And so actually for breweries who have built a community and so the people that you're targeting is through other means, so it's not through necessarily Facebook advertising but it's through this sort of other community that you've built and they've followed you and they've they've chosen to be a part mm. of it, you're going to have a route to that customer mm-hmm. that the bigger entities aren't necessarily going to have. So,
0: well, and again, just speaking from my own business's point of view um, that everyone's listening to, we've we publish to LinkedIn, we publish to you know Facebook. We've never built our audience based on that's just a way for the people who want our content to get it in the format that they find. Our newsletter mm. is still, you know, newsletters yep. and your inbox is still the holy grail That's it. because people have asked you to communicate to with communicate them. them. And you can never, well, so, so long as your content is good, mm. you don't lose that audience. That's and that it. was why, it was. Uh, this week was a year since Facebook um, killed oh, news. Oh, turned off turned some off news, news, yeah. Which oh, we yeah. were the only about that. Um, beer site in the country that was affected, being the only news site. It didn't hurt our traffic at all because our audience... Still, it. it there are
2: multiple yeah. channels through which people can get Bruise news, and also we've got the direct people to consumer want thing. It news, goes directly so they come to own. us as yeah. opposed
0: to us. So we we don't promote the you know, people who want the podcast find the podcast they subscribe, and they listen. We don't make a big thing of promoting the podcast because our content is relevant to the people who want it and they seek it out. And so I that's hope that's I that community that you're talking about.
1: I hope I haven't. Um I hope I haven't relayed that cookies problem incorrectly because I just read it briefly. Can't remember where a few days ago. We have I,
0: social media experts who will tell us. If, uh, yes. Yeah. We no, no, us. No, so do we don't. Our listeners. But do. it just we comes back yeah. to yeah. like I really
1: <laughs> think there's a big. I, I still think, um, you know, that that point around direct to consumer e-commerce. There's mm-hmm. going to be that. That is going to continue to shift under everybody's feet over the next few years, and oh, it's yeah. going to continue mm. to be such an important part of businesses large and mm. small
2: and to not rely on these third-party s- platforms like social media facebook yep. etc is that's going to be essential and we've talked about it before when the facebook incident happened if there's one company that can control this channel that you have and this direct line of communication that you have to your customer and that's the only one you've got that's a huge problem for your business yeah yep. yeah yeah i remember that mm. yeah So yeah, but that's also—I
0: mean—that's also also very true of the brewers that, and and, and, you know, we've seen it over the last twenty years. Brewers who they get a contract with a Dan Murphy's or a BWS, and they expand to service that pipeline, Mm -hmm. but suddenly become beholden because that one outlet Mm -hmm. becomes a significant part of their business.
2: They haven't diversified,
1: but it's not even the outlets. I mean, were you talking about it last week, Claire? I can't remember. Um, When we were talking about modern times and we were talking about Mm -hmm. the difference in sort of the markets in Australia and the US and um, they don't have that same consolidation around distribution channels and Mm so
2: there's heaps Mm -hmm. more
1: distributors in the US. Which uh, and that was sort of in the modern times portfolio, they had all of these relationships with all of these distributors because they had diversified, became very difficult for them to manage. But in doing so, they had been trying to find alternative routes to market, but actually it became really difficult for them to manage. So it's this balance between... One route, only being in Dan Murphy's, only having one relationship with one distributor that might collapse, a la Liberty Brewing in NZ, mm-hmm. um, versus multiple relationships, multiple distributors, mm-hmm. you're everywhere, and that becomes yep. such a beast in and of itself. So mm. it's just such a hard balance. Not putting
0: your eggs
2: in one basket.
0: And the, and the, the tension between growth, yeah, but growth that starts to put your eggs in one basket, versus sticking to your needing as Tim Tim Cooper would say and knowing where your strength is and Mm -hmm. having expectations that are relevant to that.
2: But also the struggle as well when you've only got two baskets to put your (laughs) eggs. (laughs) in.
1: Which is why
0: as consumers I did did like that that
1: was a great way to As we
0: always say as consumers you make a vote every time you spend your money Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's why I hate myself a little bit for shopping online and buying for convenience because that hastens Mm -hmm. the consolidation. there, There are Things that matter more to me, and beer is one of you know. Beer <laughs> is one of those things that I am willing to make conscious, informed decisions around. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't care how many tap makers there are, so long as there's a tap that.
2: I think you're going to get calls from the tap industry now. Come on, Matt.
0: I might get tapped on the shoulder. <laughs> you reckon?
2: Oh, <laughs> <no>. terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, moving uh, on. Um,
2: interesting about the Han super crisp. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, again.
0: One of the interesting things is, you know, businesses that have taken equity crowdfunding, we are—they are, they are mm-hmm. starting to. You know, Beer Cartel didn't have to put out their no, results this year because it wasn't their first full year it under the even, Yeah,
2: it didn't even that mind, period it mind, didn't have. Mind done you, yet.
0: it was a smart decision because their results looked pretty good. We're good. So yeah. well, wouldn't you put <laughs> – You absolutely would. <laughs> we don't have, so, We've done really well. So. so they look great for putting them out there when they don't have to <laughs> yeah. and they look great for, for, for the, for the for results. For doing well, yeah. Um, conversely, yeah, so no, no real surprise because there is a huge shift to um, online. Um, mm-hmm. But then we are starting to see the breweries um, and we still haven't seen endeavors. Because mm-hmm. apparently they don't have the numbers. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> For like what,
2: two or three years
0: oh. uh, No, last years are finally out, but they oh, don't have okay. this year, so we don't More. know. Yeah, so we don't know yeah, their yeah. financial position. Um, but uh, O'Brien, um, the gluten-free beer makers, who mm-hmm. who had theirs. I mean, that was only six months ago that they yeah. put their prospectus out, mm-hmm. and already I think uh, they've not, they, they missed their targets by thirty um, yep. percent deeper losses mm-hmm. it was interesting that they blamed the han gluten free oh
2: well that was for like two say revenues two years ago, which yep. is fair um I didn't realize it would have made such an impact in the market actually um apparently so apparently it's hotting I'll up I have in to the see whether well I have
0: to even see whether han gluten free is still available cuz I haven't heard anything haven't seen any marketing Oh
2: yeah the, the Ultra
0: Crisp Ultra Crisp
1: yeah I've just been looking at gluten free I know that the AIBAs this year have become more strict on the definition of gluten free gluten free not gluten reduced uh-huh. gluten free not gluten reduced but also the methodology by which something becomes gluten free so that is that it's it's made from a non
0: well, that's Gluten great. input
1: as opposed to gluten extracted. We might put yes. a
0: link into our Michelle Colgrave interview where she goes into that yes. very deeply yeah, because a lot of the beers that are marketed as gluten-free have had enzymes that denature right. nature, mm-hmm. the gluten, but they're not strictly yeah. gluten-free.
1: S- the, yeah, so I gluten think reduced, this is becoming, I guess the, the point is that the, the, the AIBA have recognised this. I, I certainly have seen some content from other producers starting to talk about the differences and so I think that is becoming a growing conversation Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. now if you wanted to make sure like just say for example your label currently says gluten-free when you use barley but add enzymes you wanted to make sure that consumers were 100% aware you know would you just go and go to Aurora and boost their profits by getting a whole new lot of cans printed
2: no No. don't do it
0: you don't need to (laughs) because there are people who can help you do that uh and they're good people. Railings, labels, stickers and packaging are not only able to supply your labels for your cans and bottles, but they can also supply printed and blank cartons if you need to change those. Can trays, tap decals, barcodes and shrink sleeves already applied to empty cans ready for filling. The guys at Rallings often get asked where a brewery would buy a shrink-sleaving machine to apply, but you don't need to because they have it and the cans come to your door, palletised and ready to fill and nothing more to do. Give them a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss further and also find out how they can do some designs that make sure that your cans say exactly what's in the can. Um, aluminium prices, interesting. They did, did, did they say too much about aluminium shortage in Australia? Or? Um,
2: I asked the question. <laughs> Apparently –
0: They don't like that question. Then, no, yet. they're not
2: a fan of the question. They get really
0: upset when we ask that question. They do it, it, get it's really upset. a huge story internationally. Mm-hmm. But when it comes here, you know, maybe it's because there's not enough media who actually ask them the question and they can get away with not answering <laughs>
2: it. Well, I do find that with them a fair bit, yes. Uh, I did ask the question and the question was, um, no, we'll be fine. As you'd expect. Um, so take the, whatever you will on that one. Uh, but they have admitted the aluminium prices have gone up and they have passed that on to customers. So you're going to be paying more for your cans. Um, don't feel too sorry for Aurora, though. They're doing quite well in North America. So what are you going to do? Um, but that was why the aluminium prices going up was why they didn't do as well in their Australasian business. Um, so keep an eye, everyone. Let me know how much your prices have gone up. I'd be intrigued to know if you are supplied by Aurora or Vizzy. <laughs>
1: Well, it's this question that we touched on, I think it was last week, about all of those, um, you know, that economic forecasting. If everything is going up in the supply chain and beer can't go up because, um, you know, the prices aren't going to be passed on to consumers by some breweries and not others, um, then what does that mean? But, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, in the last 10 years, everybody's switched to cans, Away from bottling, most companies given away their bottling lines. Nobody has the capability now, and so you to know,
0: switch back and it yeah. and big investment. It, it locks you in. It's kind of like VHS Beta. Yep. Um, mm. Beta. Ooh no. no. Beta. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so you're probably you don't probably remember. It's like you either had, you had to go one or the other. Um, I'm there was
1: staring at you two blankly because it was like that was a Beavis and Butthead moment. You two were in <laughs> like Simpsons. a little, oh, Do you not... you know You know
0: where Sharp he, he breaks into the house and steals the, um, I know the, the, the the video Yeah, and he's walking out going, oh no, beta.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> had no idea what was just happening. It
2: was <laughs> just I an mean, alternate like, universe. Uh, anyway, I'm pretty sure VHS had I'm, been decided on so before you, thank my birth. Thank you
0: for validating my pop culture references.
2: I didn't get the last Simpsons one but I got that one so oh. there we go sorry anyway
0: but yes so it, but it, it's fascinating it shows the progress in the industry um, when bottles were the default because you can hand bottle like it, yeah. if, if, if you still go down to a brew for you place you have the thing where you sort Emporium of
1: Emporium Brewing in New Zealand yep. we were just there they hand bottling and you do
0: the crowns and um, you can do it on that craft scale. Looks, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so bottling lines you could pick up an old bottling line yep. and, and you could do it on whatever level and it was when Dales Pale Ale was first putting cans in the US and created a storm and it became it was very cool because there was something retro but then the industry adapted to supply brewers where you know it was the big can makers you had to have half a billion cans in an order to, to get them, which small so breweries. the industry
1: mm-hmm. has adapted to provide brewers, but brewers have adapted even if they didn't want to because retailers have retailers decided, have decided mm-hmm. that the shelves, that you can the, fit the shelves, extra shelf in and it. all of that. Yeah. You will have a 440, the slab yeah. stacks. So retailers have decided it's the right way. That's been pushed onto all breweries, regardless of size. And even some beers that I would argue should not be going into cans, should be going, <laughs> should be going and served into bottles. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there was a creek came through um, yesterday through this office and I love a creek um deep Creek mm-hmm. deep Creek one um, best beer in New Zealand in twenty nineteen it's one of my favorites I love that style and it was in a can and I was just sad that it was in a can I want
2: well we're talking about the stomping ground one the other day as well. That's that was in what a can I was, it was talking like a about. Yeah. I just <laughs> didn't
1: want to name the name of the brewery. Oh. Have um. you
0: tried it yet?
2: <laughs> That's okay. No, I haven't, I okay, haven't tried it yet. It might
0: have been our um, beer for the week. It, we um, might, it's uh,
1: all about preference. It, no, but it's not right or wrong. I, I like just wanted it like. Like. to be in a bottle. And I guess my point was that everybody's given up their bottling lines. Um, there's, who did you interview last year? It was Young Henry's still have their new towner Pale in a bottle for mm-hmm, some customers. Mm-hmm um, anyway, the, the, all of this aluminium thing, it's a little bit like being in um, two bottle shops or only having two retailers. If you are now locked into cans and you have no alternative and there is one supplier in Australia uh-huh. who supplies 90% of the product and they decide to raise prices, yeah. you are
2: this. This country fudged. is a country of duopolies. which is fudged. a very nice way of saying it. But that it. talks
0: about, but again, and that's what I was saying mm-hmm. um because of the ge- geographics, the population, the mm-hmm. number of centres, there is such attention to get efficiencies. And that if you've got efficiencies, you've got advantage and yep. that enhances... So d- and then consolidation
2: a, happens within those industries as well. That's the thing well. that becomes...
0: And, and that's where you do need a regulator who has the ability to make sure that there is competition. Mm-hmm. But consumers on some level are always going to miss out. If you do have choice and you mm-hmm. do have uh, you know, a vibrant industry that benefits consumers. Sometimes mm-hmm. the problem with that is cost and there is a whole lot of tension yeah. around Be- that. But
1: because the retailers who've decided on aluminium are not going to get squeezed in the price war here. No, no. they're going to squeeze you. They've they're, made the decision and
2: they've said you have to do this. They've done it because it's yeah.
1: better for everyone. Distributors, it's easier, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. Those price, those pr- those profits that are being made because of the efficiencies created by cans are not flowing back to a brewery. no. They're flowing to all of the ancillary services Mm. in distributing that beer. And I understand that that, that's a whole thing. But the point is that the brewery, the people, the producers, the crafters of that product Mm -hmm. are not going to see the upside. They are only going to continue to get squeezed
2: in the middle. That's it. So go to bottles, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina. (laughs) But again, it's
0: it's funny. I've had two or three people this week, and Sabrina was one talking about, you know, some beers um, are better, you know, they're they're better from glass. Like some some Mm -hmm. of the more… You know, the, the, the less barbecue beers or the less yeah. mower beers, oh, the less I disagree.
2: I love a good Twisted Palm from Burley in a bottle. I love that. okay. yeah. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> so, okay,
0: so, so you agree, but you, you're taking my In a different, yeah, yeah. In a yeah. different yeah. way, yeah. But yeah. there's a whole lot of um, occasion beers. Yeah, and that's what time I, I – Yes, to a that's right. Um, and I there are a whole lot see. of bars and restaurants that um, – you know, cocktail bars and things like that that have really concentrated on their beer list. And you speak to them, they hate cans as well because they're so inelegant to pour from, from one level, but they're also hard to pour and you know, it, it does take away the experience that they're trying to provide, but mm-hmm. they've got no option um, but to, to have cans. Um, so yeah, it, it's fascinating, but, but, but this is where the, the dynamics and the, the, the tensions that exist in the market mm-hmm. do help shape, uh, but create opportunities because I, I come back to um, Heads of Noosa which not only were yeah. they a lager brewery when everyone else was doing, you know, ales and they, they're not hop-driven, they're classic lager styles. They only bottles, um, which you sort of think you're really making a hard road to hoe if you're going to go different style, different package, you know, and, and everything is a little bit different to what the industry norms are. But mm-hmm. this goes back to what I was saying right at the very beginning of... Understand your audience. Decide what segment of the market you think you can play in on a meaningful level, and set your business goals and you know your your costs and your scale and everything to meet that goal. Um, there is a world of untapped possibilities out there in the brewing industry if 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 you can get those other other things aligned. It's not just a matter of going, "Hey, this craft beer industry is cool. I love drinking huge IPAs. I'm going to start a, a brewery that services a fairly saturated market." In
1: so um. Similar to Heads of Noosa, I'll make two points about Heads of Noosa, but the first is that they're hiring a lead brewer at the moment mm-hmm. um, that was recently advertised. So if mm-hmm. anybody's looking for a really cool job in a lager-based <laughs> oh farm. Oh, my God, Heads living Noosa, the dream. Living the dream oh. in Noosa. Making in, me, anyway. Anyway. Um, but I was listening to um, a recent conversation with Brianne Allen um, and her partner, and they are setting up a lager. Uh,
0: for, for those who know it better, it is Rat Magnet the... Uh, um uh, whole uh, the, conversation last year. Uh, the conversation uh, yep.
1: around um, sexism in the brewing industry was kicked off um, by Brian Allen. She's become the face of that. Um, but she's setting up a brewery with her partner, and it is going to be making two styles of beer: um, Country traditional, and traditional, <laughs> traditional lagers. Two different lagers. Okay. Check, check. Uh, lagers, and they have constructed their entire brewery, everything oh, around. Wow. These are the two styles they want to make, and they've actually done it so that they—they're <laughs> like, in her words, "We can't sell out later on. We want to be really specific about what we want to do, why we want to do it." Anyway, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit like there was an article um, uh, know, going a mm. g- little bit like heads and noosa, mm. you know, making a decision and sticking with it.
0: My newsfeed, um, which uh, talking about the algorithms and the sponsors and things like that uh, at the top of the. Um, Below the fold, they work brilliantly sometimes because, like my news feed, when I just open, I've got a couple of different news apps, but my Google news feed just reads the zeitgeist. It it knows what I've been searching, it knows what my interests are. Um, This week, oh, but but it's well, it's just when it works. It's when it actually works. (laughs) Um, So long as you curate um, your searches or you you, you're a little bit smart about it. But one of the articles that came up this week, and it's obviously gone. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, the New York Times. Um, you know, all the beer geeks are now discovering lager again. Yep. That's did w- I or
2: did no w- not write that article last year? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, I, Thank but, you. Yeah, but but we're an industry. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. we're an industry we're observing of trends them. that
0: mm-hmm. we uh, and I, I again, Bruce News I think is an opinion leader. Um, in that we look at what's uh, emerging, but when the New York Times, which is um, I can't remember which effect it was last week, but news becomes a commodity. The mm-hmm. news becomes... Yeah, the, clickbait. Yeah, it becomes clickbait. So it's already become a thing before mm-hmm. you read about it in the mainstream media. Yep. When you are reading the New York Times article about lager becoming a thing, <laughs> it is already a thing. <laughs> yeah, which actually made Which basically confirms yeah, it, yeah, so yeah. yeah.
2: Anyway, lagers are back. Interesting. Now, we've talked about a few beers though, guys. Do we have a beer of the week?
0: Oh, I haven't tried. Well, see, I've got the Aperitivo Pilsner from... Urban Alley, a gorgeous Italian-style pilsner with a refreshing hit of blood orange, perfect for enjoying in the summer afternoon sun as you relax and put your feet up. So, have mm. you tried this one? Um, We've I sent, see. I don't like to do reviews. Um,
2: I it's did, sitting on my desk but for I only got a sip because my other half had robbed it before I realized, and he'd got halfway through or not halfway through. Well, any really complaints?
0: Finished. Did he say, "Why well, are you bringing this muck home?
2: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay."
0: The fact that you didn't get any probably (laughs)
2: says... It says good things. Uh, But no, it was lovely, the sip that I had of it. Um, Very refreshing, very summery, totally inappropriate for the downpour going on in Queensland right now. But it's still good.
0: The beer of the week is sponsored by Bluestone Yeast, um, Australia's first and only liquid yeast manufacturer. They have over 100 yeast strains in their biobank and are always adding more. You can reach out to them by contacting them at info at bluestoneyeast.com.au or call Derek on 038518. Three one seven two and talk all things yeast. And if you are driving and you couldn't write that 0385183172, it is in the show notes. So when you get safely to your destination and you want to see where it is, just look at the podcasting app and you'll see it. And I think you can probably even press it and it will call Derek at Bluestone Yeast and you can get some of these yeast for your beers.
1: I just find this so fascinating. I would love to like walk through a biobank and have it.
2: Like I just... Uh, I'm imagining think, it being futuristic. Yeah, me too. In yeah. my head, there's a lot of like little, with like
0: metallic clipboards and white coats. Yeah, and yeah. And, yeah. Then and then like a blue of like light glowing. On yeah. The whole
1: okay, <laughs> this is what is in my head about the yeast, but, and I want to go and like yeah. it, go on like a little medical tour of the, I just think it sounds so great.
2: Someone in these industries, please send us a picture of what it looks like. Some, if you're allowed,
1: somebody's <laughs> out there is going to be like that. Is the most ridiculous yeah. thing. Weirdest. That's, that's the. Image I picture it looking like a mind.
0: toothpaste commercial where, for some reason, they're wearing white coats with clipboards <laughs> with you know, and, and it's always blue because blue is the color of science. You know that when you sort of see the fluorescent so blue, lights. it's
1: called mm-hmm. bluestone. Yes, of course it's going to be blue. Has to be blue. No, I don't
0: think that's what it's called. But anyway. anyway. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of uh, Slow Lane blowing, uh, Brewing. Um, slow Lane oh, Brewing. Isn't they? Um, are they up to? They're Belgian pale ale. Um, their Belgian Blondale. Ale um, Oh did you like it? I did oh, Very much fantastic. And, and, and again this was one That I bought Because they sent us some I didn't get it So mm-hmm. I actually jumped online oh, Used fantastic. it at a uh, Beer and cheese tasting I did earlier in the year Wonderful um, Because all things being equal the most local version of a beer style you can since Mm then uh, madoc has opened madoc Madoc, and so i will probably uh rely on them as well um, for my local beer tastings but yes the belgian blonde ale from slow lane brewing uh with a nice yeah like a a a washed rind cheese or uh you know a a brie like a a white malt cheese i just can't i yeah
1: cheese
0: in a glass in a glass it it comes in a can which is a Great don't receptacle to preserve it. the beer, but pour <laughs> it into a glass. A wine glass if you don't have, you know. Oh, a, a, beautiful. You don't oh, need a wanky $75 uh, beer glass. Um. <laughs> How do I get onto
1: this, like somebody pouring me? Cheese
2: and beer that match.
0: Hopefully, call they're not pouring Sam, the cheese because call that's a our very Sam running good. And say,
2: when is Matt next booked in and, <laughs> and can I get on top? <laughs> okay. I just want somebody to
1: serve me cheese and beer that matches. That would be acceptable. <laughs> oh.
0: Anyway, um, so, so that's, uh, right. that's two of our uh, commercial. Great, um, good re- responsibilities. we well um, much better. We—it's a bit of a news story, but it's also a commercial obligation. Uh, Entries open for the 2022 AIBA—that's Australian International Beer Awards—the largest beer competition in the world. Assessing both draft and packaged beer, this year's awards will see the addition of two new, fresh, new categories: New Zealand style pale ale. Now, that's a big win for that yield So, we will talk about that in a news capacity. <laughs> uh, and New Zealand style IPA, India love pale that. ale. I These categories that. were added following a review of the U.S. Brewers Association style guidelines by the industry advisory group in late January, providing brewers from around the globe with an essential benchmarking opportunity. The awards are open to brewers of all sizes, from boutiques volume to large-scale commercial production breweries. Uh, judging judging will take place in May at the Melbourne Showgrounds. The best beers from lagers to stouts and everything in between will be determined through the judging process and announced at the trophy presentation evening at Victoria Pavilion on Thursday, May 26th. So put those uh, dates in. Now, just to add a little bit of news, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand are doing a consolidation service for, because it, we do have some New Zealand listeners. So if you are a brewer and you want to enter the largest beer competition in the world, um, you can, and you're a member of the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, which you should be, um, you, you can consolidate your beers there. But also, maybe there's a little bit of news um, around the uh, New Zealand hop categories.
1: So um, this is one of my most excited legacies. It's the thing I'm most proud of. In, in One of the things I'm most proud of in leaving the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, but in 2019... Um, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand. We, um, you know, worked with our members to create the descriptions for um, New Zealand style pale ale and New Zealand IPA because they were missing, in our view, out of the US BA. And our goal there was to get them um, included in what has become the basis of all of the majority of uh, international competitions for beer judging as a unique style. Um, and so, you know, we worked with our members, we drafted it, we'd submitted it. Um, as part of that, it was going out to the market and saying, yes, there are enough beers that are being sold as NZ IPA or NZ Pale um, worldwide. We were able to do that and it they formed part of the 2021, so released January, February last year, 2021, um, USBA style guidelines. Um, and so that was a massive win for us, for, for New Ze- us, New Zealand. <laughs> I'm not there anymore. But the point of <laughs> no, that... No, it would
0: be a very yeah, personal thing take, for you because yeah, you, you, you negotiated that as the association. And Yeah, you know, I mean, it,
1: I spent a lot of time managing the process through to to make it happen. And the reason it was a win for New Zealand was that we um, know that our hops are unique Uh, and such an integral part of how and why the industry has grown the way it has in New Zealand and having those recognised outside of just an international pale category, for example, was really important. Um, The flip side of this on sort of managing is it now allows us to collect data, right? So it allows New Zealand to say there are – you know, X100 being introduced into this style category in the competition allows you to gather information. It allows um, – in a much more granular way that wasn't there before. So it's um, – you know, I love it. Love to see it. Great to see it in this competition this year. Um, can't wait to have some of them and hope hope some of those Kiwi brewers are getting their um, – Getting their New Zealand pails and their New Zealand IPAs in,
0: and the Australian brooks, Um using New Zealand uh, hops. There are so, so
1: many. Uh, part of the reason we did it was because it wasn't actually that those uh, two styles were massive in New Zealand, but they were massive everywhere else. That you were seeing them come out in Australia, but also in the US. And we were like, "Well, we need to make sure that people are, are properly defining and what is an IPA and a pale."
0: Have they? force of Appalachian control, for example, where you can only be champagne if you're from champagne. No, but that's right. To have a, New Ze- a beer that's marketed as a New Zealand pale ale that's or a right. New Zealand IPA has to use New Zealand hops.
1: It, is it does if thing. you want to be judged if against be these ju- style yeah, guidelines. Yep. But it is, I mean, part of um, where this came from, and, and this is a bit of a... Uh, You know, goes into, but at the time New Zealand was negotiating with Europe around free trade agreements, and it became very clear that there were a number of hops and beer names that had that dedicated provenance. They were only able to be used if the hops were from X or Czech beer styles. And my point was, why aren't we protecting the use of language and names around? kiwi hops so if it is a rewalker, it is grown in rewalker, and so that became a complicated beast that was out of our hands but what was something that the brewers guild of new zealand could do this was something that we could do to at least give some provenance to give some shine some light on if you are making a um, pale ale or an ipa with new zealand hops it falls into this particular style so it was really fun
0: excellent love it so to recap Entries are open for the 2022 Australian International Beer Awards, regardless of whether you make a New Zealand-style IPA or a New Zealand-style pale ale, or any of the other styles. Um, And you can enter, and there is a link in the show notes. Mailbag, uh, which is thanks to another commercial sponsor, which would be the New Zealand Ale Trail, which, uh, again, another great... God, New Zealand, we really need more listeners over there. But if you, (laughs) and maybe, once borders open in July... And you should start planning, start booking to head over to the New Zealand Ale Trail and try some of those New Zealand IPAs, for example. Head over to the New Zealand Ale Trail and visit www.nzaltrail.com or at nzaltrail uh, on social media to find the best experiences in New Zealand. Or you could also see who wins a gold at, or a trophy at the Australian National Beer Awards and
1: Twenty sixth of May, can't wait.
0: Twenty six of May. Um, <laughs> let's see, comment from Wade Curtis. Interesting one. What's the equivalent of a foodie in drinks and beer culture? Um, and it that was a article from punchdrink.com. Um drink culture doesn't have a foodie. So you've got people who describe themselves as foodies. Um, what do you what do beer nerds? call themselves. And I think
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bernard. yeah. Definitely beerned.
0: Because you can't like a foodie is someone who likes food. Um a drinky.
2: Well that doesn't sound good at all. I'm a drinker. (laughs) You're a drunk. I'm a drinker. Yeah, Yeah, but that's you've got a problem with it.
0: (laughs) Which is the negative connotation with um yeah. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. but do you think I mean foodie is kind of a thing, but I think that is it's the same as everyone calls it food and beverage. Like beverage gets Gets thrown in thrown in yeah. into the foodie side. Well,
0: well, I hate it when it's like food and wine, like oh, a, it's dro- a food and wine. Oh, food. I can't, don't even
1: food get me started on that. that. Is so Furious. old. Yeah,
0: and and it should be <laughs> food and beverage. Beverage sounds very formal. Um, food and drink.
1: But I guess my point was going to be, I think foodie is kind of all encompassing. But if it isn't, I do think for beer, it's beer nerd. And I mean, and to be honest, isn't everybody just beer geek? A, beer. I, I was snob, just going to swear again, but isn't everybody just like an Instagram star these days? It doesn't matter what you're a star for. Like know, yeah. it's <laughs> just all cuz the example given in this was that people are taking photos and posting them and I'm like, well that's a beer that's a beer geek But for me a-
0: it's foodie because we need to step outside of this craft beer bubble where craft beer is seen as something, you know, of itself. If you if you're a brewery and you're just targeting beer instagrammers or beer uh, influencers you're targeting the same people that the other 530 or 560 breweries in the country are all targeting as well, and that's a very limited audience. Foodies are the people that you should be reaching because inherently, you know, like all of the people that I know who are foodies, who aren't industry professionals but are, they describe themselves as foodies because you know they love going to the latest restaurant, they love um, going to the latest brewery opening. They're often asking me whether I've been to a brewery that they've been to, um, because that matters to them. But then they're also interested about the newest gin distillery or the newest, and they're the ones who are doing it because food is flavour, and they they don't distinguish between food and drink. A
1: foodie yeah, is a, someone. I, yeah, that's in my, that was my initial take was that I think foodie actually does encompass people who are passionate about. Beer, or, or at least a slice of them, because food eat in my mind is all encompassing. It mm. includes what you drink with your food, and maybe they're showcasing mm-hmm. um, wine it, or, or gin or champagne. It's why I'm so excited. The or, catalyst
0: a few weeks ago on that excellent um, program was, had Paul West as mm. the chef. Um, so they had a chef hosting it because chefs, you know. Philosophically, he was aligned with the craft beer movement, but he's somebody that operates, you know, over and above the drinks industry. Yeah. because food, um, you know, it, it it's beer is cooking.
1: It, I um just an aside. I watched that the other day, and I thought it was excellent. It was one of the, and Paul made this point on on the podcast you did with him, but it was one of the first times that I saw. Craft quote unquote beer or beer and brewing really profiled in that sort of glossy, high professional, uh-huh. but not an advert, mm. not this, really talking about it. Different people, it was it, like, I just we were
0: actually consulted. I was, I was consulted right at the beginning when the producers, and I've probably been approached by 15 TV producers over 15, 20 years. No one can work out why beer is non television. And I'd recommended someone like Paul West. I think they wanted to get Matt Moran. or 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 There were a whole lot of chefs who were thrown out. And Paul West was philosophically the person who I thought would be perfect for it because he has that passion. And they were limited by production because they had to stay in New South Wales. COVID, yeah. But when I spoke to the the producers right at the beginning, that's the wavelength that they saw. They didn't want to just make it – drinking they didn't want to just make it shiny stainless steel mm. they actually wanted to look at the science of it and it was just you know a thing but of it beauty. was
1: it wasn't just the science of it which was lovely but mm. just to see that connection and you know again Paul talked about it and it was obvious that they couldn't go to the hot hot uh, Australian hop farms but to, to see the the barley and to to draw that connection then mm-hmm. to talk about some of these innovations, the algae innovations. I just, mm-hmm. I could have watched another episode. Aren't no. I such
2: parallels to like when you're talking about wine and they're walking through vineyards and stuff like that and you're like, oh, is not that look glorious? But as Paul said,
0: <laughs> well, see, wine is made where the grapes are grown mm-hmm. and so you've got a different region every time as Paul said, there's only yeah. so many times you can do that long lingering shot of the hand, you know, the gladiator <laughs> yeah, yeah. shot, the of gladiator the, shot um, of, yeah. the, of the hand, sort of walking of the, through the, 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 yeah, the, yeah. the beards of um, <laughs> wheat, and then you've done wheat, and then yeah. you can show the, the the mashing, or you can show the the the, the mm-hmm. malting, and you've done it. Yeah. Whereas wine, it is a travel log and mm-hmm. it's you know you've you've got your different regions of the world, and
2: well, it doesn't show the big giant shiny stainless vats of. Well, no, that, they that, that's what wine. I love about yeah, <laughs> yeah. sideways that
0: movie, sideways, where it's all this like really, and then suddenly you see the industrial nature <laughs> of um, of, of winemaking, but that's, that's that that doesn't it's make all good television,
2: isn't it? it? It's all how it to make is. it artistry and rustic. I, I and just thought
1: it was just such a great, you know. And I would be encouraging, like I got my mum to watch it because for people who only see beer in one way, it might have changed, truly changed perceptions of beer to a whole group of people. So, you know, that foodie, that outreach, that going beyond the craft beer bubble or whatever. You know, for people to start thinking about beer like food, I just, you know, in terms of but Paul made the comment... that's why I bang
0: on about... Sorry. So uh, great. Perceptions is the word. And that's why, yeah. you know, for the 11, 12 years of this podcast, I bang on about perceptions. And I don't... I make a joke about calling it booze. Booze has a connotation that, you know, oh, we don't want to be seen to be taking ourselves and our product too seriously we're going to be booze slingers but booze has a connotation that is inherently negative or lightweight or you know wine doesn't call itself actually a lot of sommeliers are actually calling themselves you know booze gurus and they're trying to be down market to mm-hmm. take the snob. and i think that is actually going to hurt the mystique of wine because that's what's made wine so successful but Beer has such a negative perception that it's fighting against anyway. You don't have to take yourself seriously. You don't have to be a wanker about it. You don't have to, you know, as I say, you know, have the artfully crafted Instagrammable beer glass. A wine glass is the perfect vessel for, for wine. But anything that the industry can do to make beer a little bit more revered, a little bit less boganish, you know, a little you know, it we're always going to drink it at the cricket. When we're but sitting even
1: just more understood as a crafted yeah, uh, yeah, product, yeah, yeah. Yeah. more mm-hmm. understood, I think, is the is the really showstopper because you know it's really easy to go. It's three dudes from a garage and so and mm-hmm. with, but it is so much more complex than that. Coming mm-hmm. up with a good recipe. I mean, mm-hmm. talk to you know the example of Helios just tweaking it because he knew it could be better. Because there are so many infinite com- recipe combinations mm-hmm. that could be out there. Like it is just. It's just so beautiful. Mm. Like yeah. it's just so beautiful. I like, to see it showcased absolutely. in that beautiful and way, yes, of, definitely.
0: In an industry that's celebrating itself and the mystique and the technique and the magic that goes into it, um, wildflower um, this week, which yeah, is something else we I want love to talk this. about. This um, thank you to the people who who shared it, the wildflower update. Given the time, we won't dig too deep into it, but we'll link to the wildflower update um, in the show notes if you haven't seen it. Last year, wildflower had some fermentation issues. And they've just been so transparent about the way that they, you know, Wildflower is a brand that has carved out a unique niche for what it wants to do, as we, we've talked about. But again, working without a net, you're going to have some problems. And they've just written this beautiful post sharing the challenges and the insights and the learnings and everything about it in a really magic way.
1: Yeah. And, 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 thanked all the people that were involved in helping them figure out their issues um, from breweries, large and small, um, from suppliers. And Mm -hmm. and I just think, um, you know, my comment about it was it's everything that I love about the brewing industry in one post. It's sort of um, learning, humility, collaboration, Mm -hmm. local. Like I just loved it and I just think it's such a great way to give back to the industry. Um, and it's one of those examples that other breweries can look at and say, um, you know, what can I learn from this? Yep. Uh, uh, you know, both in the way that they've gone about it, but also the actual problem solving around the science Absolutely. of it.
2: Absolutely. And like the values of um, making sure it's quality, putting that above everything else. And they, that is that in practice. Like yep. it, it, they just did so well in it. Yep. And it's been really interesting because I've been speaking to a few brewers recently. Obviously, we've spoken to Helios. Uh, Brayside Brewing uh, down in Melbourne so they did a beer with Bintani just before Christmas. They had to dump it. They said it wasn't anywhere near what we wanted, and we would never put something out that was below par. Uh, and obviously, didn't want to go through the product recall and things like that. But I think that as an industry, we're understanding and getting better at understanding that you know, if you put a product out there that isn't top notch, that's going to turn people off mm-hmm. the industry. And you know, people of, of all sizes are finding that really important and just not being so casual about it as they might have been previously.
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely think there's a maturity happening.
0: Which is awesome. Um, just very quickly before we go out, uh, I'd like to thank the people. We've had uh, a number of industry uh, listeners uh have <laughs> heard our pleadings if you like what we do and you get value and you want to reach the audience that is the best most curated most direct industry audience in the country because of the way that we go about things you can sponsor the podcast or even just take an ad in the uh, in in our business directory which is a leading source of business intelligence uh, for brewers and people in the industry but also if you're just a listener what the people that we like to call the prosumers um, you can jump on and Uh, through PayPal have a one-off or a recurring uh, small little donation to help cover the costs of uh, putting this together if you get value in what we do you can add a little bit of value back and we thank the people and I won't name you individually just in case you don't want to be called out but thank you for that so that wraps up another week of the news your hosts have been me Matt Kirkegaard my senior journalist or our senior journalist sorry mm-hmm. I don't mean that. that's to. okay uh, Claire Burnett and also Sabrina Kunz the show is produced by Vivian Topalovic and edited by Joe Helder thank you to our supporters Rellings, Label Stickers and Packaging New Zealand Ale Trail Bluestone Yeast the 2022 AIBAs and Thirsty Merchants thank you all for listening share your thoughts on the show by emailing producer at dot you if we do read you out don't forget you do get a bar blade or another nice uh, nifty piece of merch Um, we do read everything even if we don't get the chance to reply Um, and you can also join the facebook group uh, which is just search radio brews news on facebook uh, or please leave a review on your favorite podcasting service and on that we're out boom